Whew, man, what a day. It's a lot of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm learning um, how to be a, an actor and it's uh, it's tough. Like a, you know, I think we're both learning this, the admin portion of acting or the business portion. Mm, yeah. It's the toughest portion of it to crack open. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to do the thing. <laughs> I need to do the thing. I know. You, it's like, wait, I have to do all this stuff. Where the money coming from? My... <laughs> Who the fuck's paying me to do it? My brain's like, Ben, we need to make sure we put this reel together and do all this other stuff and get these headshots and do all this other stuff. And then my pocketbook's like, nigga, what? (laughs) (laughs) You can do half of one of those things. I was like, leave me alone, pocketbook. Stop fucking fucking with me. Well, I'm too broke to be an actor, so I guess I'll just be a <laughs> podcaster and critique other people's acting. There you go. <laughs> Life goals. Sure, let's go sure, with that. Let's go with Oh, man. But uh, eventually, eventually, it's just a process. It's a marathon, not a sprint, so they say. So they say. Some yeah. people's bodies shut down during marathons. <laughs> Just yeah. saying. And they pee and poop themselves. Yup. And you never make it to the end. And so you don't even get one of those little fucking participation trophies. And so you ran the marathon and you soiled your pants. <laughs> and that's all you have to show for it sometimes. And, and kids, that's what acting is like. <laughs> that, and uh, with that, let's uh, get it cracked. We get another episode. Every time I, we start one, I'm like, we did it because it, it's a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a lot when you have all this other shit that you have going on in your life. It's like, oh, well, we get to talk for at least for an hour, hour and a half. <laughs> this is true. We, yeah. yeah, I, you know, I'm glad to be here. It's good. It's good that we get to do this together. Yeah, no, it really is. Uh, well, tell people who you are. Friends, my name is Ian. Uh, I have too many last names for me to give you the energy to say them. I do this. This is what I do. Do. I talk to you about the stuff they put on screens. Ben, who are you? <laughs> well, I'm Ben uh, Jenkins, and uh, you know, this is Too Many Flicks, and what we do is we talk about movie trailers, movie news, we talk about comic book movie news, and we also do trivia, and uh, a little thing we call streaming, uh, stream theory, and where we talk about anything and everything that's streaming on a streaming site. Yep, literally, in one hour, we talk about everything. Everything, yes. We have not yet acquired Disney Plus, so we will be omitting that for maybe a couple of weeks until we have the money to do that. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's pretty, yep. It, although it's not terribly expensive, but it's still, it's uh, with everything else, like, ugh, but we'll make it happen. All right, well, uh, how would you like to start off with the first segment? You know, how you we got a that? lot to cover. Let's get right Let's into it. Crack it open. Tasty. Tasty. Trailer. Trailer. Mm, that's good. That's real good. All right, guys. Well, let's, I'm going to preface this segment with that. Uh, there are a lot of kids movies that we're going to cover here in Tasty Trailers. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's almost, you know, it's almost Christmas. It's it's the holiday season and the beginning of the next year. So there are going to be a lot of these. But uh, who's to say that just because it's animated and our kids movie is not good. There have been great animated and kids movies that we've watched over the years and still enjoy to this day. So with that being said, let's start off with the first trailer. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep, this is the revised trailer 
trailer of the revised Sonic. Um, and it's out February 14th. That's right. The date has been pushed back because of the turmoil that it went through. The director is Jeff Fowler, and it's starring Jim Carrey, James Marston, Ben Schwartz, and Neil McDonough. A cop in the rural town of Green Hills will help Sonic escape from the government who is looking to capture him. Oh boy, oh boy. What did you think about the new de- redesign It's good, you know? They they went back to basics and sort of made him look more more like he did in the video game, yeah, you know? Like, what the fuck we're used to. <laughs> right, yeah, no, I... <laughs> The tough thing about art is that people, you're going to take, you have to take risks in art. Right. And they, they tried something and, you know, they learned real quick that it didn't work. So kudos to them for going back. And I, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, gatekeepers of a nerd dumb or something saying like, this is wrong. The studio should change it. But when it is, when, when the backlash is so universal, when like <laughs> not even like a dozen people can be found right. in the entire expanse of the internet that are like well hold up it's not come on right when you don't even have that many folks like it's clear you done you fumbled and so i i like that they pushed back the date they weren't stressing out their animators and i think you you pointed this out the he looks not only more cartoonish but like more kind of like the actor who's voicing him almost the ben schwartz yeah 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 um this is great all the round all the way around i think they kind of nailed it with this design to be completely honest because there are realistic aspects to this new Sonic. I mean, it obviously doesn't look like an actual hedgehog on this planet, mm-hmm. but I imagine they're going with Sonic being an alien or an extra dimensional being. So with that being said, it looks cool. I, it, and actually, it's very cute. I, I think when we first watched the trailer before we uh, recorded, I, I told Ian, I was like, "That's it's actually pretty fucking cute. Like, Sonic's yeah. really cute in this. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because the other one looked horrifying. Yeah, I forgot how bad he looked until someone did like a side-by-side comparison and I was yeah, like, he looked, <laughs> oh right he was okay rough as hell g <laughs> I, you know interesting choices all around <laughs> yeah i think where the strength of this trailer lies a lot of people are going to focus on the redesign and that that is key that is important to the success of this character but i i think part of what this trailer did really well that the other one mm-hmm. didn't was they did a better job of showing sonic's classic sonic character mm-hmm. like he's a little childish he's a little goofy he is very impulsive you know right. um if he wants a chili dog he gets a chili dog right. uh, which he didn't do in this trailer so i'm waiting um but you know he has like a good good little goof where he's playing baseball by himself he's constantly like oh i want to go see the rubber band ball and james marston is like the government is going to murder <laughs> us i'm not stopping for the rubber band ball <laughs> but he's a super little lightning rodent so he does it in himself and you know he's like yeah it was fine so you know it, it, it did a good job of reinforcing that even though the initial design may have been a little fucking bonkers they still understood the character yeah and you have to as an adult you have to look at this and i love like kids films i think some of them can be fantastic this is not geared to me i like the kids films that at least have adult themes and adult you know what i mean sure they're this, exploring adult questions yes et cetera, this is et cetera, not yeah. one of those this is a no. fucking head blue hedgehog it's a blue hedgehog <laughs> You got Jim Carrey playing the villain. Yep. Yeah. What are you looking for? Yeah. This is it. Don't don't get bent out of shape. It's just not for your ass. Some movies are not for your ass. Yeah. Uh, it looks fun. And if I were a kid, I'd probably be down. I mean, this is definitely one of those movies that you would see on TNT. Uh, mm. See after it comes out, and you're like, what is this? It's like it's Sonic, and you just sit down and you watch it after the fucking you know. I think I don't know if this is gonna do well, just because Sonic was like our generation. Yeah. And this is a film.
film that seems to be trying to ingratiate him with the Gen Z folks. Sonic, you could even argue, was like Gen X, and then Millennials just sort of inherited the Sonic, the Sonic universe. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it does. You know, with all the memeage that's happening, it will have uh, plenty of publicity. Like Sonic's not Boomer. Sonic, no. Sonic <laughs> missed that that Boomer phase. Thank God. <laughs> But yeah, you're intrigued to see how it does with the redesign and everything. I'm intrigued to see how it does. I think Jim Carrey will be one of the few highlights of the film. Yeah. And even then, I was still kind of like, I don't know. Like, we get like a little dance montage from Robotnik in his mobile lab. It's, you know, this will be, I think this will be a very fine movie. It'd be all right. It'd probably have around 50% around Tomatoes. Maybe. I was thinking 50 to 60. Yeah, like either just fresh or just shy of being fresh because it is, you know, it's different it's yeah uh, it's a character from a different era when we were different as a culture trying to be made appealing for the young folks today and we'll see like i don't know if the sonic brand carries that same weight that it did with like with the millennials or the gen x's you know there's another movie in this segment that i also have questions about that as well um oh sure yeah yeah sonic it's a tough sell man it's just i don't there are still games out there on the wii and wii u for sonic and stuff like that so it i guess there is a market for it but like you said man I'm, I'm very curious i would hope we go and support these animators and designers because um that was kind of bullshit that they had to go through but at the same time they yeah. did give them a cushion they did you know uh, and it looks like that they had this model ready to go because it was a pretty quick turn they were like i'm sure they did have to go back and make it sure that it fit with the scenes and and you know the eye level with james marston and everything like that but it, it, it seems as though they were like well just in case we'll have this design on the reg you know easier you know i'm sure it's sure. still, still tough though i'm I'm not downplaying how long and how many of them probably didn't get to see their families <laughs> oh yeah no i'm sure <laughs> i i'm curious because I, I i get the inclination that there were at least one or two designers that were working on this project that just like kept side-eyeing each other like <laughs> they re- <laughs> They're really gonna try this one. They're gonna try this one. How about we? Yeah, let's let's at least get the basic assets ready for a non a non horrifying Sonic. Right. I'm like okay, yeah. Uh, so it's good. You know, I'm excited to see what happens, what comes of it. It is not my sort of story, but as you said, it's not meant for us. But I could still I could still see myself having fun. I loved that sort of aloof character that Sonic was when I was younger. Maybe maybe it'll still translate to me today. We'll, we'll see. It, it does something. Thing, at least in the trailer that Pikachu, Detective Pikachu, was was able to do. It does it, it doesn't do the um, the thing that Pikachu was able to do and seem to bring heart and soul into the trailer. And that also wasn't for us, but you can just tell that there was going to be elements of honesty. And this one kind of gets there, but it's not really. Again, this is a different movie. It's just not quite Detective Pikachu. Is a different movie for a different audience. So um, with that being said, I guess we can go to our next trailer. Ian, we take a yeah, break? friends, we're taking. Gonna look at Scoob <laughs> like Zoinks Man comes out May 15th. And if you're not able to infer from my obnoxious squawk, uh, Scoob is sort of a Scooby Doo redux rehash. And the director is one Tony Cervone, and it's starring Frank Welker, Zach Afron, Gina Rodriguez, Amanda Seafried, and Will Forte. Scooby and the gang face their most challenging mystery ever a plot to unleash the ghost dog Cerberus upon the world as they race to stop this dog-pocalypse. <laughs> 
The gang discovers that Scooby has an epic destiny greater than anyone imagined. <laughs> it does not. So none of that is in the trailer, folks. <laughs> none of that's in the trailer, but... We've really got to vet these fucking plot lines before we <laughs> say them on the air. <laughs> Wait, is this the right one? It's got to be, right? Hold on. Hold on. I, I think it is, yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, that's what they gave us. <laughs> I mean, it is right. It's it on is. IMDb. What? <laughs> we should mention that apparently Mark Wahlberg is also starring in this, which is oh. what gave me pause. Oh, okay. <laughs> So that's the definitely nowhere in the <laughs> That's yeah, there's it's never once it's not linking up. <laughs> so that Y'all know Cerberus isn't a ghost dog, right? Like we know. I just gotta make sure that you know. <laughs> He's not a ghost dog. However, in this in this world he is. So you know okay, what? I, you I I can't I don't know what they're gonna do with this. <laughs> As a longtime Scooby-Doo fan, I don't know. Um, it's cute. We're getting a little origin story. We see how Scooby and Shaggy met. No one is phased that this dog is talking. No one is. Like, I get it. Like, when, when they're adults, fine, whatever. But, all right, you're trying to ground it. You're trying to make it more real, it seems. At least just have, like, an initial, like, whoa, your dog talks. Just something. Yeah, just something. Because animals don't talk in this universe except for Scooby and Scrappy. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. I did also this this trailer made me have an epiphany though, and that's that Scooby Doo's middle name is Doobie. <laughs> Which yep. is just like indicative of all the yep. other marijuana references that are just laced throughout the initial material. Yep. yep. I don't know what this movie is. I don't know, he, but Scooby Doo got his name like Han Solo did. <laughs> <laughs> What's your last name? Uh, uh, who are you with? No one. Solo. Solo which is the stupidest <laughs> fucking character decision ever. That made me Why? so mad. Why is that? Like he could have just came up. I would have been so much. I would have been so more pleased if he just came up with that name by himself. But that is beyond the point. Scooby Doo uh, got his name just like Han Solo did. Um, yeah, I don't. Okay, so this leads me to this question, Ian. Sure. Do you think Scooby Doo's played out? Because they've had several movies before, and Scooby Doo just doesn't do well anymore. I think that I don't understand his fascination with trying to make Scooby Doo relevant again. Um, because they keep trying it, and it never quite pans out. It's been direct to DVD. They've had a bunch of direct-to-DVD movies for a while. Right. I mean, the whole Shaggy craze may help this, though. Um, the whole Shaggy... Oh, the Shaggy meme? Yeah, is is the Lord. God, God Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, but... I mean, and that maybe... Shaggy instinct. Maybe that's a lot to bank a, a movie on. I, I don't... Here's the thing. I don't think that Scooby-Doo works well as a modern adaptation. Yeah. And I get why they're doing it. Like, this is, this is a kid's property. A lot of kids probably would find the initial 60s 70s aesthetic a little alien a little boring mm -hmm. but i think that's where it works best it really does because with the advent of technology and things like of that nature it's really hard to um, justify these kids being detectives almost in sure a yeah um and it, it does work better in that that setting ian because you know what else were kids gonna do <laughs> It makes sense. It's like, all right, well, let's fucking do mysteries. Let's go on adventures and yeah, do so mysteries and, and smoke and a shit. bunch of pot. You yep, know? and eat eat <laughs> marijuana lace dog treats. 
So no, this is ah man. So what has to happen with Scooby Doo is you can still make it within the kid genre of film uh, and pl- placate t- to children. However, it has to have the Fast and the Furious thing gone down. So we need to transform the Mystery Gang into something else. You can still have elements of the okay. Mystery Gang laced, and maybe they're fighters. Maybe you maybe you run with the Scooby God Scooby thing, and like they they learn martial arts somehow on the way. You know what I mean? Like it can still have that 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 m- detective that that sleuthness to it while also elevating them to something more interesting that kids can kind of get into today you know i mean that, that's the only way i could see making scooby-doo relevant and even that's a risk i just don't know if this movie's gonna do that well i mean it looks cute though i will say kid scooby and shaggy look very cute and that's it looks marketable. it looks cute and yeah that's marketable i the plot line alone hints at something larger something almost cosmic at work so we'll we'll have to see how that all plays out i think there's there are some really really good video essays and dissections on people asking like scooby-doo zombie island is a great movie oh my god yeah and so they like a lot of youtubers and other folks have asked like why why this one why does this one work but like scooby-doo goes to ufo area 51 doesn't yeah and it comes down to the fact that if if i'm remembering correctly part of what makes zombie island so compelling is that there is actual danger like the monsters are real in that one and so it's a nice subversion of them constantly running from fake monsters and they play off of that trip like oh look the zombies are just fake and they pull off a zombie head and it's still trying to eat them or whatever so it there needs to be some element of real danger in this new one like maybe maybe whomever is behind this has considered that and is like okay like they clearly they clearly have it more grounded like it almost sounds like a ghostbusters right. plot line you know yeah there's a giant evil ghost dog that will bring about the dog apocalypse oh boy and is that, so that does the dog apocalypse mean that he'll get rid of all dogs or is that i don't a know like, that's apocalypse? a good question <laughs> like what the fuck is a dog apocalypse? is it just a dog themed apocalypse yeah, like, like dogs rain from the sky because like here's the thing if they can't stop them i mean like, yeah i would hate to not live with dogs but like that's not the worst thing that can happen. this <laughs> it's <laughs> the human race will endure <laughs> It will be very sad. It'll be a very sad day. <laughs> but it's wrong. not like, yeah, it's not like civilization as we know has crumbled. <laughs> I don't know. They hint at Scooby-Doo having some sort of epic destiny, which is like, what? What? It, yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> what is happening? Is Shaggy going to do Ultra Instinct? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's, I'll pay money to see that. If you tell me, if okay, so if one of you listeners go and comment, once you see this movie and like, no, Ben, like, sh- there is fucking amazing. And, and I ask you, does Shaggy do Ultra Instinct, <laughs> the move and technique that Goku does in Dragon Ball Super? And you tell me yes, I will watch it five times five times five times how many times five times i was invoking booker t but anyway <laughs> I, I don't know I, I so do you think this movie will make money let's just ask that before we go into the next trailer because we have our trepidations with the material itself is it too old should we get should they give up on scooby-doo will it make money so as of right now there's no budget posted i i if I had to choose between this and Sonic, which was going to be a full flop, I would say it's probably going to be this, uh. which sucks because, you know, they, these are both IPs that are close to my childhood memories and nostalgia. But yeah, I just don't I just don't know if the weight is there to to make this one a roaring success. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. Um, one can say it looks great, but does it have any soul? And we're going to go to our next 
trailer. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Soul. Uh, it's Pixar, so that's great. And it comes out June the 19th. And it's directed by Peter Doctor, and it's starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, David Diggs, Felicia Rashad, and Questlove. A musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. So get the tissue paper ready. I can guarantee you just with the source material that you will cry. <laughs> And it's going to be waterworks. And I don't know if I'm ready to see this <laughs> just off the trailer. Alone. The music looks beautiful and the animation is flawless. Um, what else do you expect from a Disney product? I mean, what else? Specifically Pixar. Yeah. Specifically Pixar. Yeah. It's, it's. I mean, this is going to be heavy, man. I mean, they're <laughs> talking about consciousness. <laughs> like, and the thing is, they kind of touched on this. Well, some certain aspects of Coco. And I think Coco is the best Pixar movie there is, personally. I know that's saying a lot. I know that's saying a lot because a lot of people like Up and Wally, and I love those movies, but it's just something about Coco that just got me, um, especially after dealing with my fa- my own father's death and everything, too. So I love that. And this one, <laughs> wait, so uh, was, hold on. There's, it's tied for first because uh, Zootopia <laughs> is fantastic as well. Zootopia is yeah. a good sleeper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zootopia caught us all by surprise, and I think this will do as well. And the, the, the cast looks amazing. It's, well, at least they sound amazing. I, we really don't have too much to go on though they didn't show us much but just off the animation alone uh, and the theme this is gonna be a tough one to get through here's what i want to know yep what's the deal with this mysterious interdimensional manhole in the middle of new york city is this common in new york city (laughs) do a lot of people disappear right in this manhole via any manhole and then arrive as a cute little bubbly like colorful cartoon Cartoon character is that a thing and this is a half goof because it raises the question was he chosen how does he like is this a misdirect is the manhole a misdirect like they cut it together in such a way that makes you believe that him falling through the manhole lands him in this weird nothing landscape mm-hmm. where he meets 22 which is the name of the soul that tina fey will be playing and so the question stands was he chosen or is it truly just that like nyc is that fucking nuts that oh uh just yeah. fell into another world uh, yep just fell into another world uh, is he dead is that the is that or is he near death is that another thing that we're probably sure yeah will he have to make a decision maybe there's a gate that he needs to get to or some type of passing into the real life where it's either between him and the person that he's with 22 um maybe they both died at the same time and have to get back to their bodies but there's only one that can and then that's when the uh that's where the conflict ensues i don't know i've called a lot on this podcast but that may be a stretch because again we don't know we have no idea what's gonna happen no. that's, that's my theory i'm sticking to it until we see more i don't have any theories as of yet it's just I, i'm curious you know the music the music is great i like the music yeah they sort of start off the film with what almost seems sort of their their mission statement or their their thesis with what they're trying to say which is like you know what why are you just going through the drudgery of life you mm-hmm. what do you want to do what do you want to leave behind what do you want to contribute that'll make you happy that's a good meditation on humanity and the limited time that we have here together and i don't know we'll see we'll see what they do with that they set up they set up a lot of dominoes let's see how they fall yeah i, I think that might be a misdirect too i think that may be an in-depth look at at people who rely on that too much i don't know man we'll wait for the next trailer really to dissect what's going on because they just gave us a little teaser a little, they just, just a little us, taste just a little tip little tip not the whole thing sometimes you just need the tip i mean yeah you know? <laughs> 
It's whatever. Right, yeah. Because they, they know. That's what teasers are, just tips. And you're like, please, more Lord Daddy Pixar. Sometimes you want more than the tip. Sometimes right. the tip is enough and you're like, uh... <laughs> I don't know if this tip is my tip. I will look for another. Yeah, look for another. All right, with that, let's go to another segment. How does that sound? You can also let let us know what you think about these trailers in the comment sections um, in iTunes and on Facebook or Instagram or any one of those. Oh, please. Please, Go watch Scoob and tell me what you think. Please, please. Maybe we're tweaking. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're tweaking. You can tell us. Go tell us. Go tell us. All right. This just in. Extra, extra, read all about it. Flix News. Okay, friends. First up in Flix News, we're taking a look at this new little nugget of information. Netflix and Nickelodeon are teaming up to do a bunch of new features and television shows. What? I called it. I called it. I called it. I called it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I don't know which episode I called it in, but I remember distinctly saying that either Cartoon Network or or Nickelodeon needs to team up with Netflix to take on this behemoth that is Disney+. Plus. Now, luckily, Disney Disney Plus has just started. They're having, well, luckily for Netflix, not everyone who has it and is a viewer and is a subscriber, but Disney ha- is having some technical difficulties trying to iron out some of the kinks here and there. Um, so Netflix still has that leg up, I think. But without this acquisition, it would be very hard to continue to keep pace with Disney because they have their catalog is enormous. So what you do? Well, you find one of these studios. A well-established yep. sort of brand that already has a bunch of familiar things under their belt yep and you team up with them uh also i think dc dc needs to put away this sorry if you have the dc universe um app and streaming site it is terrible it is awful it's it's literally awful and i don't even think besides doom patrol what i'm hearing is the shows aren't even that good (laughs) i mean so what the fuck are you doing you're wasting money stop that shit and team up with netflix yeah, especially because Disney's using Marvel, so, you know. I, they are. They have all the MCU characters, most, well, at least most of the Marvel characters, and they're not stopping anytime fucking soon. Well, you, you there's a huge hole for heroes left out there for the mainstream, and no one I know has the DC uh, app. If you do, please comment. Let me know. Maybe they've changed it since I've I've left, because um, I wasn't going to pay 6 to $8 for that shit. Let, let me know if it's changed, if it's if it runs smoothly um, or smoother than before, because from what I saw, I was gravely disappointed. So, yeah, I mean, Nickelodeon's just doing the smart thing. I mean, they know that Disney's out there and they're not taking any punches. And Invader Zim, that the movie, Rocco's Martin Life, the movie, those movies were fantastic. And if this is the level of quality we're going to get with this team up, by all means, let's fucking do it. Yeah, they've already announced that they're doing specials for The Loud House and Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So oh, they're wow. already they're already dropping hints at what we can expect to see from them in the coming months. Right. So this this might be the shot in the arm that Netflix needs to the 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 surge of adrenaline that they require to contend with Disney Plus once they do get their ducks in a row because when they do, I mean people are already loving Disney Plus. It's it's kind of a buggy mess right. from my understanding, but even then like so many people are already talking about like, "Oh, I'm getting a watch." I'd, the number of people I've seen post about Even Stevens. Oh. <laughs> 
in the past 20 something hours yeah. i didn't even know half y'all motherfuckers even liked even stevens right. and now apparently everyone 80 percent of my friends were all on that stevens, stevens loved and i i know it's a good show it's just you know like this is this is the this is the disney plus effect like everyone's re-entering nostalgia time and then they're just gonna keep churning out content based on that so yeah i i, I want it to watch ducktales <laughs> ducktales was a classic everyone's talking about gargoyles and x-men gargoyles yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, it's and see that's the thing. Like even with it being a complete shit show of a streaming surface, currently there's enough content on there that no one cares. They're still talking about it in a positive light, and so now hopefully, hopefully Netflix and Nickelodeon can churn out some gold and get us all back on that uh that Nick hype. Because Nickelodeon has a lot of classics. I mean, you could talk about all that Hey Arnold, Rugrats, all these classics that well more than likely might come to Netflix again. Because Netflix did have some of those when netflix was like when you when was netflix at its prime i mean it's kind of still in its prime but when you do you remember that was it like five or six years ago where everything was on netflix that we yeah. haven't seen in a long time it was like oh that's on netflix that's on netflix movies but, television yeah. shows yeah and people saw it like that's that was sort of its downfall i think was that it had so much stuff that that wasn't theirs a lot of people yeah that it wasn't theirs and a lot of people realized like oh we can take this content and make our own thing yep. and then we'll just make our money that way we don't need to make it through netflix yeah. now it's just more profit for us and with in disney's case that's working cbs all access i don't know so much about no it's not really working the only thing that's carrying cbs all access cbs all access is star trek and even yeah. then i mean that's just not enough to carry a, a, an entire streaming platform no that and twilight zone kind of and that's why netflix needs something other than stranger things like they don't yeah. have a bunch of universally loved shows like they have like maybe yeah. three or four out of the hundreds of originals that they have streaming right now so yeah about a handful of shows that are like game of thrones level maybe yeah. stranger things definitely is that's an event can you name two more that are an event before we move on that you can think <laughs> I know, and, and listeners, please let us know too. I guess Kimmy Schmidt was was that jam back in the day. I the don't first know if it is two, so much for anymore. Like the first season, first season and a half, it was it was kind of an event. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. Uh, I would say Shira is pretty good as far as animated is concerned, but I don't think enough people watch it to make it an event. It is definitely profitable for them, but not an event. So yeah, I mean, I guess Netflix still has a lot of work to do. Um, they were on top for a while, taking a little bit of a of a down, but I'm sure they'll be up they're smart they're smart business people they i mean they they bought they pretty much ruined blockbuster so <laughs> that's true yeah they they know about uh competing to say the least <laughs> all right let's go on to our next topic uh robert pattinson says in your interview with uh j-lo for some reason <laughs> on actors for actors or actors on actors i believe is the name of the show actors on actors, actors yeah. on actors yeah robert pattinson says actors only go method when they're playing assholes now um that being said i believe robert pattinson is not a fan of the method acting and from that brief inter of method acting and from that brief interaction between him and j-lo i believe jennifer lawrence also not for lawrence no jennifer um fucking lopez lopez jeez <laughs> oh, jennifer lopez is not a fan either they state that they believe doing the work and then washing it off almost when you leave the set and they also explained how it can be damaging and how it can be a lot to and st very stressful to take it with you everywhere you go and i you know i contemplated about putting this as a topic but i think it's very 
important because a lot of casual moviegoers and people who, you know, who watch movies every now and again who don't quite understand the business think that every actor who's serious is a method actor or does this form of acting and this form of acting. And as two actors, I think it's important to let you guys know that's not true. And actually, method acting can be very damaging. And also, if you're a young actor, and I think we talked about this before, but we'll elaborate it and expound upon it again. If you're a young actor trying to get into the business, you think that that is the pinnacle of acting. Let me let us be clear here. It is stressful. It is also bothersome to the cast and crew. And it's just not the healthiest. Now, if you're an animate professional, you've gotten work like Christian Bale and our Daniel Day-Lewis. That's their process. They're successful in it. But that is very, I think, a very small percentage of actors who do that and do it well um, and can also still be stable mentally. Ian, do you have any thoughts on Robert Pattinson saying that uh, what he said about this, about method acting? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he does go on record saying that he admires it or is uh, respectful of the technique but mm. I think that he has what is broadly becoming a more accepted and valid approach to the work, which is there There are some great articles out there both in favor of and against method acting. And one of the stronger arguments I've heard against it is that it typically stems from whether it's a conscious or subconscious toxicity, but a, a toxically genu- generally male thing where it's like, oh, well, acting's not real work. Mm. And so I must make it work i must make it something more difficult than what it is i need to uh if i'm playing a homeless person i need to go live on the street for a week and see what that's like if i'm playing a crazy person then i i you know i i (coughs) jared leto male people (laughs) fucking horse heads and weird shit like that you know it's like and i think that his his full quote on the method practice is interesting because he says i always say about people who do method acting you only ever see people do method when they're playing an a-hole you never see someone being lovely to everyone while they're really deep in character Mm. and that's pretty insightful because Mm -hmm. i mean for a lot of reasons i'm not i personally understand both sides of it Mm. i i there are times when if i'm doing a show i don't think i could ever go full method i am not mental mental (laughs) health care is not readily accessible enough to make that a safe choice as a performer and so what he and what he and Lopez both sort of talk about and revel in is the is the safe space between the start and the end of the performance where it's like okay this is where I can go as far as I need to go and then once they say cut I need to be able to know that I can leave that and here's yeah. the thing as someone who doesn't do method I had a conversation with a non-performer who asked doesn't the character still affect a part of you though mm. and to that to that answer yeah. i had to, i had to honestly say like you know yes being in a headspace of a character for x amount of hours a week means that there is still like whether or not you want it to a little piece that you do take with you because a lot of people put themselves into the character and so it it is a really really tough experience because you do try to leave it all at the door you try to leave it in the space but no matter how much you do that 
there still will be for a lot of folks that uh, just a little sliver that's true of whatever you found in that performance living with you now so yep. that's why i i personally couldn't i could do method but holy shit like i need like an on-site therapist right yeah it's it's dangerous it's, it just let, lets you know that it's not the, the go-to the end-all be-all that is what, exactly <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of people hold lauded as the the pinnacle of an actor's commitment and you can be just as committed without hurting yep. yourself yep uh brian terry henry uh he's on atlanta he's gonna be in the eternals um a black actor a black actor if you will <laughs> um like i like won't myself. but you can yeah, i yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, the yeah, line yeah, should be drawn <laughs> Uh, he he was questioned uh, in an interview, and I don't remember the specific interview. And they they asked him, uh, "Well, do you do method acting?" And his ass gave the best answer, especially for, as a black actor myself. Was like, "No, I can't do method acting. I'm black." And I was like, "Damn, yeah, yeah, living in America, I'm fucking alive. Being a method actor, people would be like, nigga, are you <laughs> and you might get shot.' I mean, like, it's it's so serious. And that was one of the I think really." opened my eyes to obviously being a, an actor and a black actor in America and just in the world and also understanding that concept the method acting is a certain privilege that others do not have uh, not saying that we are not allowed to do that and we that I could not be a method actor I could but it's dangerous even on another surface even in another la layer of that so it's very interesting it's it's a debate that maybe one day we can have a, a an episode a bonus episode where we just talk about the methods of acting and different things like that that'd be really cool reach out tell us if you want to hear this um but we're gonna go ahead and move on to our next topic ian you want to take it away my friends screen rant and so many others are reporting that the team resurrecting james dean wants to bring back more dead celebrities oh this God. uh this company in question was recently formed it's called worldwide x are and currently they hold the rights to more than 400 celebrities spanning all realms of performance etc etc celebrities athletes you name it who is giving these rights away to these dead people stop stop, <laughs> stop that <laughs> you don't no no i'm gonna tell my wife right now do not give my rights away when i pass away <laughs> to these fucking people that's crazy uh i mean we can dunk on this we won't we won't <laughs> we won't spend too much time on this but this is out of control I, I i really we talked about this last week it's just taking away jobs from capable working actors and it's a disappointment so okay here's here's the thing yep and i don't want to go there we're not a family-oriented podcast but right. i i usually try not to go here oh come come bring it on <laughs> worldwide xr their mission statement is pretty broad okay. but outside of film they're also working on vr etc etc and so it is only a matter of time before this enters the pornography world oh boy <laughs> you oh congratulations oh, yeah. now you can have sex with james dean <laughs> What's that? You've always wanted Burt Reynolds to fucking make you pancakes? Well, now he does it in just an apron. Uh, like Blade Runner. This is, I mean, this is, they, they have a market. All right, here's the thing. Silicon Valley did a really good bit about this where so much technology that's like, oh, this is cutting edge. We can use it to save lives. We can use it to make people's livelihoods better. Mm. Yeah, but we developed it for porn first. 
And like because porn yeah. is one of the largest industry too. in the world. Yeah. And so it's funny that they're doing this because Silicon Valley has already parodied this minus the celebrity part. Oh boy. But now you're telling me like, oh yeah, we have the rights to the likeness of 400 celebrities. I guarantee you within within a decade. Do you want to sleep with Eartha Kit? Here you go. I mean, and that's <laughs> fucked up. Very you know, up. that's why you need to really think before you sign these contracts, family members and friends. The fuck, right? I, what are you doing? I know money's good, but god damn, come on, Jesus Christ! Right. They are, an, it's it's a new company that aims to bring digital humans to traditional film as well as augmented and virtual reality. That is their mission statement. Fuck them. Why? Tell me why I don't need a celebrity in my virtual reality world. All up in your virtual reality, you right? Exactly. That. Get out of here. We've already seen what happens in second life folks right. yeah get the holy fuck out shit shit well i mean so what with that being said let's, let's try to have some fun with it so ian who what's a dead actor that you would like to see on screen that i'd like to see on screen right yeah give me a dead actor that you're like oh i'd love to see how they do in the modern world and yeah robin williams oh if yeah. if this turns out not to be a massive flop if it is somehow impossibly not creepy yeah or weird I wouldn't mind another Robin film. That'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. There's there's a lot of great performers though. How about you, Ben? Who would you who would you Paul like? Paul Walker. See? You don't even have to finish. Oh man, <laughs> he's back in fast. Oh yeah, three fast, three furious. <laughs> <laughs> the father, the son, Paul Walker. Jesus, the holographic ghost. <laughs> they roll away. So so okay. So here's the plot. The Rock. Okay. Yeah. And Toretto. They Naturally, get, they get the deluxe delorean somehow they get the deluxe delorean somehow sure from doc ock so this is a crossover from no, doc ock <laughs> yep it's a yep from doc, <laughs> this is an alternate doc universe not doc Brown, from doc holy ock. shit yeah yeah and so <laughs> for some reason yeah the universes are meshing together they go back in pat in the past to to uh ancient jerusalem and they roll away the tomb and it's not jesus but it's paul walker <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Exactly. Oh my god, exactly. Oh my god. I don't know how to feel about that, Ben. What should I be feeling? <laughs> should be feeling the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling a rap on that, folks. We just <laughs> took Paul Walker and made him into Jesus. That's all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Podcast the, over. That's all the news that will ever be anywhere ever. Right. Good day. All right, let's go start <laughs> our next segment. It's a bird. It's a plane. Oh, no, no, no. It's just first issue. All right, first up here in uh, first issue, we have Collider reports that there are no plans for the MCU's Spider-Man movies on Disney+. Plus. Okay, this is not surprising, being that the rights are already kind of on icy ground. Yeah, I'll, maybe we might get like Homecoming down the line if there's enough push for it, but I, because I think they're nervous about having to put it on there and then a year or maybe six months later having to 
take it off. And then having to, uh, to deal with that outcry of, where's Spider-Man? Where's my Spider-Man? And you're like, well, you know, we had to, because of the way the contract's laid out, we had to get rid of him again. And then we have to go through this whole saga again about Spider-Man and all these things. But he'll be in the Avengers movies. So that's good, right? I don't know. Ian, what do you think about this? Is this surprising to you? I, I feel like this probably didn't surprise you at all. No, not particularly. It would have been nice to see and have Tom Holland's Spider-Man and Peter Parker like readily available right there to be on your screen to brighten your day but then when it comes down to it Sony still owns the majority of them and so Disney Plus would pretty much just be paying to have another movie on the on the service and I think you make an excellent point like we don't know what's going to happen with these two companies down the line and so putting it on pulling it off putting it on pulling it off you just never know you know and so like why why even go through the headache you know why fucking deal with it do you think this might give though Netflix a chance to grab them if if let's say if Sony's like well we'll do we'll deal with Netflix that'd be kind of a diss but it, I, I don't know how that will work because there's so many MCU characters in Spider-Man that's just a possibility unless I Sony mean, has an idea of coming up with their own fucking platform and that is a huge concern for me what this news is like what what it's sort of the subtext of it seemed to me to be in this day of ever-growing streaming choices is that we would have some sort of Sony select or some bullshit you know that they're trying to work on i mean hire me sony come on um but like they would they would do some bullshit like that where it's like oh you can stream your favorite music and movies and da 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 like it's also like functions as a spotify of sony's music catalog or something Mm -hmm. because they have so many fingers and so many pies you know so (sighs) and it would come it would come with the next playstation um absolutely why not you know yeah you throw it on oh and for free you get uh if you a year of sony select streaming yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. no so who knows hopefully sony doesn't start their own shit because i don't think they have enough shit to like make it viable in my opinion that being said who knows where it's gonna go is it a surprise that disney's not fucking with spidey right now not particularly and you don't be surprised because apple has a fucking streaming site which is crazy apple yep what the fuck i'm surprised they're still not in the fucking console wars yet i i i think it's gonna happen soon i mean there there's been talk of them there's been talk of google there's been yeah everyone's everyone's trying to figure out what the future of entertainment is Mm. and so that's kind of that's kind of where we're at we're at this we're at the edge of a big cliff what will entertainment mean in the future as more and more folks stop going to the movie theaters as more and more folks stay home and have the properties that they want readily available at that second as more and more folks demand interactive entertainment who knows what the next big thing will find or be and who will find it yeah they're all a bunch of capitalistic jokers anyway that they are ben they're all just fucking cartoon villains which brings us to our next bit of news we're talking about how the joker has become the most profitable comic book movie ever yes that not did make the most money but the most profitable which is key there because Mm -hmm. you know it's sort of like oh what's that stupid qualifier where it's like oh mount everest is the highest point on earth but did you know it's not the tallest mountain like shit like that like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, like they have made the most back in returns for making the joker which is not a surprise it's not a blockbuster piece right yeah they spent like 60 something on million dollars for the budget and they made a billion dollars for sure <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i mean everyone is really happy with that i bet i can't yeah foresee a single person being like 
I wish we had done just a little bit poorer, you know? Yeah, yeah. How does that check work out for actors afterwards? This this is the admin, a.k.a. business portion (laughs) of being an actor, which we're not at that level at all because we're doing a podcast right now about them niggas. (laughs) So here's here's my understanding of it, is that a lot of times... If you are a new actor, right. they just sort of pay you a check up front and you see no dividends. Ah. Or you depending on who your agent is, like from my understanding, you sort of you sort of mm. you you especially stars, stars have more of an option, but you have a choice to either take a lump sum or take less and then take a percentage of the movie's profits or the movie's, you know, licensing fees, mm. et cetera, et cetera. So I forget I forget who it was, but there was one of these cultural landmark films from a few decades ago that one of the stars didn't think was going to be anything and so they took just like just give me a lump sum of cash right and then it ended up being like one of the biggest things ever and they were like fuck i should have taken that percentage yeah it sounds like it probably was avatar or some shit it so i know for a fact there there are a few instances of stories like this one of the more famous ones is actually a bet between george lucas and steven spielberg that was that that involved that too oh wow yeah because they made a bet like what's gonna do better um a new hope or close encounters of the third kind it was something like that right and spielberg actually bet on lucas's thing he's like he's like no i think i think you got something here and lucas Mm. is like no no one's gonna like actually really like this and now steven spielberg gets something ridiculous like three or five percent of anything star wars wow yeah do you think he'll ever direct a star wars film and what's been holding him back directing that's that's an interesting question I it may be a little too close, you know, yeah. for him. Like they they were they were buds all throughout their careers, and so he may just not have an interest. He may be like, listen, like I don't think that he couldn't. I don't right. think that he wouldn't. I just don't think that there is a story in that realm that he's wanted to tell yet. He could have told a decent Rogue One story though. That's he would right have been great alley. for Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Well, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Maybe in an alternate dimension that's uh, our alternate universe. That that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Right. Yeah. Maybe there's an alternate universe where I'm Mace Windu as well. Maybe there's an alternate universe where... And that took that percentage. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Who knows, you know? (laughs) Maybe there's an alternate universe where I'm wildly successful in some very generic way. Who knows? Yeah, where it took you like this, right? As opposed to like the marathon that we're on now. Where it's just like, oh, wow, woke up one day. I woke up this rich. Uh, right. I woke up this rich. All right. Let's uh let's go into our next segment, y'all. <laughs> but before we do that, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe on any social media platforms and uh, let us know what you think about these topics here. Do you think that you want to see a Spider-Man movie on Disney Plus? How do you feel about the Joker making a billion dollars? Let us know. And now for another installment of Stream Theater. All right, all right, all right. Now it's time for some stream theory, y'all. This time I'm going to do one uh, because I think it's important that I do this particular show. Uh, It's been two seasons out already, so I think we have enough to go on to uh, really understand if the show's strong, if it's not, or if it's just okay. And it's Spike Lee's. If you haven't guessed it already, just by the name of the director, she's got to have it. Um, I watched the first two seasons, the only two seasons. I watched the last season, um, obviously last year and this season, this year. I'm a little late to the second season, but I was able to crank it out 
and it is thoroughly enjoyable. We have Dewanda Weiss, Anthony Ramos, Lyric Bent, Cleo Anthony, Margot Bingham, and China Laney, just to name a few. It's a large cast. It's more, uh, it deals with a lot of ensemble elements, so I'm not going to name them all, but those are the, the main cast of characters. Um, I will say this. First season took some time to really get there. If you're not used to Spike Lee's direction, this is going to throw you for a loop. Um, a lot of the times the actors are looking, most of the time, at least I thought it was just <laughs> until this season, uh, Nola Darling, who is the lead character, will start sometimes the episode with looking directly down the barrel of the camera and explaining things to us or saying a quote that has something to do about the episode or the experiences she's had in the past or present and our future. Um, there are moments where there's music playing, it's familiar music, or if it's not familiar music to you, the album cover will pop up after the scene is over to give you guys an understanding of the soundtrack and, and all the album art because the show is about art and what that means to the black experience. So the first season was, I think, personally for me, if I had to give it a rating, we'll give it maybe a 7 out of 10. Very good, very solid, made me hunger for the second season. And when we were talking about the second season, second season, not so strong for me, personally for me. Um, there are episodes in this season that work really well. And then there are episodes that just seem very disjointed and kind of all over the place. And I get that that's the intention of Spike Lee and how art is abstract and the show is the show and things are um, the plot and the structure is kind of put in different places. I get that. I can be down with that. I understand. I'm not too narrow-minded to understand these concepts, but are they effectively shifted? Is the structure effectively shifted in a way that we can comprehend and understand while also understanding what is going on with Nola and her experience? There are certain episodes where it just seems like Spike Lee is just throwing paint at a wall. <laughs> guess that's apropos to what Nola is doing with her art. So I guess it kind of makes sense, but it does bother me a little bit. Can't quite, I can't quite let that go. Because sometimes we lose track of what Nola is going through. And I think she, the acting all the way around is superb. Superb acting. I love all these actors, especially since all of them are of color. The exception of maybe like two or three. Um, the camera work is amazing. Like even though it's out of, sometimes out of left field, we're just doing this or we're like dancing all of a sudden in the living room. <laughs> People are like, what the fuck does that have to do with shit? The camera is amazing. Sometimes he, and, and, and Spike Lee sometimes just lets things happen. And it works 80% of the time. But then those 20% of the time where it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. And you're just like, what the fuck, Spike Lee? What is happening? What? Why are we here? There's a moment. And I get he's he loves Prince. I'm, I'm sure they were friends. They're on that level of rich where they can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where there is a prince, um, like parade celebrating Prince's life. That's awesome. I fucking love Prince. It's great. But what the fuck <laughs> did that parade have to do with anything that was going on? It just didn't. I eat some elements of when they would just start dancing and like the moments and scenes would just go on way too long. And I'm just like, dude, I just don't, I don't quite understand that. But maybe it's beyond me. Maybe Spike Lee is so, so much of a genius that is beyond me. But it looks to me like it's just oh well let's see what this does yeah it works great it works all right i don't you know i don't really feel like writing this scene so y'all just do some stuff <laughs> it's like what but because it's it 
it's frustrating because the show is brilliant. It is a brilliant show. But there are just moments where I think, okay, so the first two episodes in the, in the, in the second season work so well because it's focused. It's driven. Nola and Opal really have a great relationship, and I love following them. But once they break up, the show kind of falls apart, personally for me, for the second season. The second season is a tad bit of a mess. It's still a very good show, with the exception of like three to four really, really, really strong episodes. The ending episode in particular is an episode that I really, really, really do love. But there are some loose threads with some subplots and things of that nature. So for me, the second season of She's Gotta Have It has got to be personally a 6.56 out of 10. Still a very solid show. I would say watch it um, if you really want to. It's worth a watch. With all the shows on Netflix, it's definitely in like top 10 for me. Easy. So go ahead, get grab a friend, sit down, get some popcorn, or put it on when you're washing dishes. Like it's a show, it flies by, it doesn't seem like it's too long. So there you go. Spike Lee, she's gotta have it. And with that, let's do some trivia. Do you wanna know something that we don't know? Sure. Here comes some trivia. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Hawkeye gang, here we are. Welcome to another edition of trivia. Yep, uh, we're doing kids movies or children films or anything. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. films that's, for the little ones. Yeah, because that's what our tasty trailers were. We're bringing it around town. There we go. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go first. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, just, I'm eager. I like this. This one's good. For the never-ending story, what famous director edited seven minutes off of the movie for American audiences? Because it's originally a German film, which is something I did not know. I didn't know that either. Yeah. George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick, or Robert Zemeckis? (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars, Indiana Jones, full metal jacket. He's crazy as hell. He he would do some shit. (laughs) I almost blurted out Steven Spielberg before you even gave me the choices, so I'm going to stick with my gut. Steven Spielberg. You're right. He seems like, I don't know why, but I feel like people come to him and are like, is this good? And he's like, no. (laughs) Now it is. Here. There you go. Apparently, this is a German film. It's actually dubbed over in English. No idea. I don't know. I don't believe that. Yeah, it was. It was dubbed over in English, and it was cut down for seven minutes because it just didn't pace well for American audiences, and they also switched around some of the scenes. Yeah, And this is the most expensive German film of all time. I've known for a little bit my childhood was a lie. It just (laughs) confirms it. All right, Ben, you ready for yours? Go for it. Which musician's music was originally supposed to be in The Lion King, but got swapped out for Elton John's due to lack of availability? Boy. Was it Michael Jackson? Was it ABBA? Was it Queen? Or was it Duran Duran? Michael Jackson. It was ABBA. ABBA. Michael Jackson was something else. Something else. Michael Jackson was supposed to use uh, Michael Jackson's music for something else, but I did not know it was ABBA, and I'm so glad it's not ABBA. You and me both. That would have been wild. Yep. I don't know what What that would have been. Lion King! (laughs) That us furry things. Fucking weirdos. <laughs> Sorry, if you like ABBA, I don't know, tell us in the comments, whatever. I, I like it. I, I, can, I like ABBA. ABBA's okay. I don't get pissed when I hear ABBA, but in Lion King, I would have been pissed. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what that would have been. Uh, yeah. I'm not here to shit on ABBA, though. They yeah, are yeah. wildly okay. more successful than I am. They're a lot better than Duran Duran. I'm here to mm-hmm. shit on Duran Duran. You're going to hear some noise artifacts in the background, folks. That's just Nomar, Ben's yeah. cat, losing his fucking yeah. shit. What was hungry. that, Nomar? He might be hungry, but we don't know. <laughs> if he's hungry, he's oh. energetic as fuck about it. <laughs> okay. You ready for your second, uh... 
Yeah, give me give me right. one. What you got? What was the first Disney movie to be recorded in the then new Dolby stereo system? Okay. Peach Dragon, Mary Poppins, Return to Oz, or The Black Cauldron? Mary Poppins. That's a good guess. It's actually Peach Dragon. Who? Peach Dragon. Whatever, Peach. <laughs> That's a tough one, though. I mean, I mean, no, that was that was good. Yeah, I yeah. knew two of those four, so Black Cauldron needs to be remade into live action. It's I do br- know Black brilliant. Cauldron. Yeah, it's real. It's fucking dark too. Yeah, that's what I mean. And that oh, that hand drawn animation. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, Benny. Randy Newman has twenty Oscar nominations. Oh boy. For which movie song did he get? No more. No more. Come on, dude. You're lucky. You're cute. You're too old. <laughs> be running like that bud (laughs) all right ben you ready here we go go. (laughs) randy newman has 20 oscar nominations for which movie song did he get his first win if i didn't have you from monsters inc down in new orleans from the princess and the frog you've got a friend in me from toy story Uh, or that'll do babe pig in the city you son of a bitch because you know i want to go with toy story because that's a classic oh it is a total classic i'm gonna say the Monster Inc. song. It was Monster Inc. Yeah. That was his first win in Nothing 2002. At the time, he had 16 Oscar noms and still hadn't won. And they're like, eh, Monster Inc. was pretty good. Here you go. <laughs> that nigga keep cranking out hits for Disney. Now, finally, y'all gonna be like, hey, yeah, yeah, you, go, you can't keep ignoring this guy. He won't go away. And I, I will have to say this. I love Monster Inc. I love that song. But You Got a Friend in Me is a better song. I mean, it's why it's timeless. It's, right. a, you, it's, it's, a it's instantaneously song. connected to right. fucking toys. Like you hear that yeah. fucking like little like flute and piano thing, and it's bit. like ah oh, fuck. You got a friend in me. <laughs> He's like Tom Waits if he didn't have depression. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, do you agree? Go ahead and comment below. Tell us your thoughts. Oh shit. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Gather my shit. That's hilarious. Wow, I want that in a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> you ready for your uh, last question? Yeah, here? go ahead. Give All me it. Right. During the production of this movie, the effects department actually took mud showers to study how to realistically portray mud in the film. <laughs> your cat is fucking shit up He's today. on one. <laughs> okay. They were... Okay, let me... No more, stop! Oh my god. Don't, don't make me get up. Alright, let me re- repeat the question. Okay. During the production of this movie, the effects department actually took mud showers to study how to realistically portray mud in the film. The Princess and the Frog, The Emperor's New Groove, Lilo and Stitch, or Shrek? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Shrek, because I think he's like in his little outhouse doing his thing, isn't he? Yeah, I try to think of the messiest movies, but you're right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely I was Shrek. good. I almost went for, uh, what was the first one? Princess and the Frog? There was... was there's also it? The Emperor's New Groove. Okay, no, it was Man. definitely Princess and the Frog or Shrek. That was one of my mind. Because there's not really a whole lot of mud in Emperor's New Groove. No, it's not. It really isn't. Is not they get in a mud fight? No. Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, definitely Shrek. It's mud is everywhere in Shrek. That's it. But yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the effects department actually rolled around in fucking mud. Okay, dogs. Whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever your process <laughs> is. <laughs> fucking weirdos. Hey, man, they were getting paid. <laughs> hey, at least a million dollars. 
I, at the very least. Maybe, hopefully. Yeah, they make six fig- seven figures, probably. I hope so. They worked hard. Or maybe they make, like, a high six. But, you know, after they see if you save up enough, you're, you're making money. All right. You ready for your final question, Ben? I am, yeah, for sure. What was the first ever stop-motion animated movie to be shot entirely in 3D? Was it Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit? Was it The Nightmare Before Christmas? Was it Kubo in the Two Strings? Or was it Coraline? Okay, so the first stop motion entirely in CG? Or wait, in 3D. Entirely in 3D. So it's not just like they shot specific right, things yeah, to yeah, be yeah. 3D, like the whole film, if you was, put on is, the glasses, would... Is shot in complete 3D. Yeah. It's Coraline. It is Coraline back yeah. in 2009. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had to think about it. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I've actually seen all of those movies you just mentioned, which is rare. For I've seen <laughs> three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen Wallace Gromit. I haven't seen that in a while. The Curse of the Were-Rabbit. That's, yeah. They, I mean, they're classics for a reason. And I had to think about uh, how they were filmed. And I was able to, the Coraline is struck a nervous. Coraline is terrifying. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's love my it. fucking it's aesthetic. creepy, but I love it. And you know what else? I love learning. And I think we just did a little bit of that. We did. We did a little learning today, folks. Yeah. Hopefully you got something good out of it. Hopefully, I don't know. Tell us below in some sort of comment form on the platforms. There you go. And that's uh. Let's go ahead and take her on home. All right, friends. That was that's that's a wrap. That's what we call in the business a wrap. And then you you always you would applaud, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you, and you, n- yep. you never see them again. You never see them again. <laughs> and fun fact: the reason that it's called a wrap is oh. that once the director has finished their film, you actually inter them in a tomb, so they get wrapped up in oh. bandages. Oh, yeah. You pull their brain out through the nose using a pick, yep. and you preserve the organs in special jars. Oh, and Are you sure that's a- thus. The origin of the rap came to be. It's amazing that Spielberg still makes films, (laughs) considering he's rapped so he's been so many times interred, but he keeps getting back up. It must be the same team that's bringing James Dean back. It's you know, (laughs) yep. Worldwide XR is responsible <laughs> for the constant reincarnation of Steven Spielberg. Right, yeah. yeah. Funny enough, after Kubrick wrapped his last film, right. Eyes Wide Shut, like, he didn't get back up. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. To this day, we speculate why. We speculate why. All right. Uh, well, with that being said, tell the people what you're doing uh, and how to f- contact you. Friends, I'm surviving on a daily basis just like you in late-stage capitalism. My name is Ian Gabriel <laughs> Gonzalez Mutiner. You can find me on Twitter as Sir Yikes a Lot at Baby Got Knack, or I'm on Facebook as just me, myself, and Ian Mutiner. That's the name you can search. Ben, where are you? Where? How? Why? Where can they do the find? Existence. Why do you exist? Uh, well, I am Ben Jenkins. Of course, we've introduced our names at the beginning. You can find me on any uh, social media. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Timothy Jenkins. You can also find me on Twitter at BT Jenkins 91. I'm in a show. It's my last weekend of the show. I am excited to be done, but I'm also sad because, you know, a lot of bonds and castmates and all these things. And the show is actually pretty good. So if you have the time, come out and see it for the last four nights 
Comics, please. It's the Master Comic. It's at the Greenhouse, and it's association. It's in association with Impact Theater. Okay, if you want to get tickets, go to thegreenhousetheater.org. Should be one of the first shows to pop up. Get your tickets. I want to see you there. Also, you can contact Too Many Flicks at at Too Many Flicks on any social media platform. That's right, baby. Any social media platform, and you can contact us via email through Too Many Flicks Chicago at gmail.com. That's the number two and an X at the end. That's too many flicks.chicago at gmail.com. Like, subscribe, comment, please. And you know, the world is so crazy right now. You probably work 40 hour work week and you're like, I just don't have time. Bid it in, I just don't have time. But guess what? We got you. We got you on that time. We got you on that time. Cause we too many flicks and we watch all of the flicks so that you don't have to.